It's a problem that's growing around the world. A crime that victimizes the most vulnerable. Thank you all for being here today. This is a, an immensely important issue. Unfortunately, it is a global crisis that is increasing dramatically each and every day. It's increasing thanks to the global reach of technology and the internet. And the wide-reaching nature of this crisis makes it even harder to fight since law enforcement agencies are confined to their own jurisdictions. If we work individually, we can certainly make an impact, but when we work collectively amongst all law enforcement in Southwest Florida, we can absolutely make a difference. We are making a difference. That's Collier County Sheriff Kevin Rambosk at a recent news conference announcing a brand new multi-agency task force aimed at attacking the most heinous of crimes. In this episode, we'll tell you how the Southwest Florida Interagency Child Exploitation and Persons Trafficking Task Force, or better known by the acronym INTERCEPT, is uniting law enforcement from around the region to save children and find those who harm them. This is Sworn Statement, a podcast by the Collier County Sheriff's Office under the direction of Sheriff Kevin Rambosk. I'm your host, Adam Fisher. We're all here for the same purpose. It's all about saving our children. Recently, Sheriff Rambos was joined on stage by representatives from 14 law enforcement agencies who have come together to fight child exploitation and trafficking. These local, state, and federal agencies from across Southwest Florida are partnering with two national nonprofit organizations to form the Intercept Task Force. Project Intercept is a uh, part of a larger organization, Operation Lightshine. And what that does is it groups law enforcement agencies together to work on child exploitation and human trafficking. It provides them uh, collective resources and technology uh, because that's the way uh, most of this is being disseminated. It, it is ultimately uh, and unfortunately a worldwide crisis that's growing day to day. And this Intercept Task Force it will be the fourth in the nation, and we second in the state of Florida, and we believe that, that these task forces should be set up throughout the entire United States. Because when you work on a collective basis and you have the support from Operation Lightshine or, or an organization such as that, you can then focus on the victim. And there are more and more victims every day. That's what makes the support of Operation Lightshine so essential. But before we get into Operation Lightshine and what it does, let's take a look at this growing problem. Child exploitation occurs when anyone uses coercion, force, or fraud on a child. It happens in many forms, but the most common is sexual exploitation. This includes molestation or trafficking, but the majority of child exploitation cases involve the transmission of nude or sexual pictures or videos. These images and videos are referred to as Child Sexual Abuse Material, or the acronym CSAM. The term CSAM is preferred over the commonly used phrase child pornography because pornography is legal material created by consenting adults, while CSAM 
calls these images what they truly are, sexual abuse. I mean, our biggest thing as an organization is continue to educate. You know, we say education is key and education is power. That's Brian Waite, the CEO of Operation Lightshine. Our job, we see, is to continue to raise awareness of what these topics are, to continue to know what trafficking truly is, um, to continue to not even just know, but raise awareness on what child sexual abuse material is and the exploitation of children. I mean, exploitation is this giant issue that's plaguing our country right now, and to make sure parents know about what these issues are and how to protect their children. Waite said child exploitation occurs 2,000 times more often than child trafficking, and that number is on the rise. In 2022, the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children received more than 88 million files of child sexual abuse material through its cyber tip line. That's a 329% increase from just five years ago. Those are nationwide numbers, and the numbers in Southwest Florida have followed a similar trend. So basically in 2015, we had 23 cyber tips reported for the entire year. Last year, it was over 300, and we anticipate over 400 this year. That's Lieutenant Wade Williams, who oversees the Collier County Sheriff's Office unit of the Intercept Task Force. Um, so this is a substantial rise, and every year it goes up between 40 to 60 to 70 percent year over year. Um, so, and what we're seeing is, is that we have a group of individuals out there that we refer to as global trading networks. So these are all these child predators out there that are, um, that are looking for child sexual abuse material. They're looking for access to children, and it is something that's very pervasive for them. It is a paraphilia, it is a, is a sexual disorder for them that they cannot control. So they are out there looking for kids, both online and in person, and looking for any opportunities to share material or sexually abuse children in real life. The rise of social media has facilitated these types of crimes. In 2021, Facebook flagged more than 77 million files for child nudity or sexual exploitation, according to the social media platform's annual transparency report. That's nearly 400% more than three years earlier when Facebook flagged 16 million files. Electronic devices are basically a window or a, a method or way for predators to be able to engage with people's children. So um, people feel like their children are safe behind the closed doors of their own home, right? Um, they would never let somebody in their front door that's a stranger, but they allow their children in many cases to talk to anybody they want online in the safety of their own room, supposedly, right? Um, what the reality is, is that about 90% of all the files that we see that are self-produced, where a child is being manipulated by a predator to produce files and then transmit those files to them. And as young as six years old, we have victims as young as six that are uploading and sharing these files at the request of a predator. We find that those are occurring in their bedroom and in the bathroom with their electronic device and the door closed at two o'clock in the morning or even four in the afternoon. Sometimes we hear parents knocking on the door, what are you doing? Oh, everything's fine, mom. And they go right back to producing the content for the predator. Operation Lightshine was formed with the goal of protecting children from those predators. The group is now supported by the Tim Tebow Foundation. Operation Lightshine is not a law enforcement agency, so it can't make arrests or investigate cases. Instead, the organization helps by providing money and tools to law enforcement so they can better fight child exploitation. 
Here's CEO Brian Waite again explaining what Operation Lightshine does. So Operation Lightshine is a nonprofit that basically is, stands in the gap when it comes to where the government drops off of funding. So we've looked at what the agencies need most of all, and we've seen that it's a big disparity when it comes to financials. Um, the government spends about an estimated $400 billion a year on the fight against drugs and only $20 million on the fight against exploitation and trafficking. So for us as an organization, we saw that number and we knew that we need to do something to make a difference and stand in that gap. So we came out and just basically stood up this organization to give resources and technology and funding to these law enforcement agencies that are doing an amazing job, but just be able to enable them a little bit more to continue to do it, but do it more efficiently. This is the fourth intercept task force that Operation Lightshine has funded. The others are in Jacksonville, Nashville, Tennessee, and West Virginia. Waite said his organization gives about $3 million annually to each location. That money goes to a variety of law enforcement expenses, from paying salary to providing vehicles or purchasing advanced technology. Sheriff Rambost explains how that financial support will help the Collier County Sheriff's Office. No one ever has enough resources at a local level to do global investigations, and that's exactly what this is. That's where Operation Lightshine and the Tim Tebow Foundation have stop, stepped up and they've said, listen, if you're willing to partner, we will fund resources, technologies to aid you in doing more cases. And we were doing the cases anyway. We've had a long-standing history with uh, our exploitation unit. We just saw this as a great benefit to enhance what we've already been doing. We're going to assign uh, people directly to the Intercept Task Force, uh, some on a full-time basis, some on a part-time uh, work basis. I, I, I think when, when people think of a task force in a large area, well, what are they doing in my neighborhood? Uh, we are working our cases along with broader cases and getting help from other agencies to work them. And uh, in the same fashion, we'll assist other agencies when the cases get so complex that they need assistance. In addition to providing financial resources, Operation Lightshine also facilitates collaboration. Intercept is a task force, meaning it brings together a variety of agencies to work side by side. The Intercept task force includes members from all sheriff and police departments in Collier, Lee, and Hendry counties, as well as the Florida Department of Law Enforcement, Homeland Security, the State Attorney's Office, and the U.S. Attorney. It's going to be a task force of local, regional, state, and national partners to attack and prosecute, investigate the crime of human trafficking. That's Amira Fox, the State Attorney for the 20th Judicial Circuit, which includes all of Southwest Florida. Her office is responsible for prosecuting the criminals caught by the Intercept Task Force. And, it's, and in addition to that, to also provide justice to victims, help for victims, going and finding victims. It, you know, crime does not stay within one jurisdiction. It crosses all sorts of jurisdictional lines, and this task force will now enable us to talk to each other, say who's going to go and investigate this, who's going to go and try to handle this child exploitation case, because the whole point of this is to help victims. And, you know, unfortunately, we see many, many child victims with human trafficking. 
Intercept is modeled after NetForce, a narcotics task force that State Attorney Fox created in 2019 that also reaches across city and county lines to catch criminals. We formed this great task force that travels all over, including all over the state, to make appropriate bus. And we don't just stop with the drug dealer on the street. We want to get to the kingpin. So what we do is a very long-term, large-scale investigation because we're trying to take the kingpin out and put them in prison for a really long time. The results have been absolutely excellent. Lots of arrests, lots of money seized, lots of illegal narcotics seized, and a pretty close to 100% success rate in court. You know, when you have communication and information sharing, it makes a really big difference. For example, as a prosecutor, we are very challenged sometimes when someone goes out and makes an arrest, and we're saying, well, why didn't you call us first? We needed to do all these things before you made the arrest, because speedy trial starts to run. And if it runs, you lose the defendant forever. Double jeopardy attaches. So what I'm so lucky to have is Sheriff Rambosk, Sheriff Marcino, and the other sheriffs and police chiefs who are always in step with calling our prosecutors and saying, what do you need? How are we going to make this ironclad in court? And that's why we have the lowest crime rate, because of that relationship, which will continue with Intercept. The collaboration is already paying dividends. In just four months since Intercept began, the task force has arrested 25 individuals on charges related to child exploitation, sex trafficking, and prostitution. Through those arrests, the task force identified 37 victims the youngest of which was just two years old. We are making a difference. Sheriff Rambosk again. And, you know, with the 25 arrests that uh, had started this, um, even though we mentioned it was a global crisis and, and a global problem, we get the direct impacts here, and we have victims here. And uh, we need to change that because we know that when people share videos and uh, photos, <laughs> Uh, there is a predominance of time that they get involved in other deviant behavior. And in fact, upwards of 85% of the time, they go on to physically molest other uh, children. And with that, uh, there are approximately 13 victims per predator. So that is absolutely the reason why we are part of this team. Uh, we're all here for the same purpose. It's all about saving our children. While the Intercept team goes after the predators, CCSO Lieutenant Wade Williams has advice for parents on how to protect their children from exploitation. So really parents should watch, careful about what apps they give their kids, make sure they monitor the apps the best they can, but, and put parental protection software on. We highly recommend that. There's software application uh, programming that's native to the devices, so iOS has um, screen time and Android has family link that they can program, that's for free, and that just gives you some basic protection, limiting their web access, limiting if they can download apps or not without your permission, those sort of things. And then um, there's also apps out there like Bark, B-A-R-K, which has really advanced artificial intelligence that will read all their chat messages. Have a conversation with your kids because none of the apps are foolproof. So you need to talk with your kids about the types of things they might be exposed to and what to do when they're exposed to it and that they're not gonna be in trouble for telling their parents. A lot of kids are scared to tell because they're embarrassed. 
but you don't want your kid to hear it from the predator first because these predators are smart. They have really smart techniques and trips and ticks that, they, that, that they'll do to try and gain a kid's um, um, cooperation and then also prevent them from telling, such as allowing them to break rules, telling them they can do things that they shouldn't do because then they'll tell them, well, you can't tell on me because you'd be telling on yourself. So they use manipulation tactics. So they need to talk to their kids. They'll send them gifts. We've had them mail kids phones and things like that. So they need, they need to talk to their kids so they hear it from them before they hear it from the predator. You want it to be the predator. You don't want it to be the predator that's telling your kid how this works. If you ever come across child sexual abuse material or you have any concerns about child exploitation, contact the National Center for Missing and Exploited Children's Cyber Tip Line at 1-800-THE-LOST. That's 1-800-843-5678. This has been Sworn Statement, a podcast by the Collier County Sheriff's Office under the direction of Sheriff Kevin Rambosk. This episode was written, produced, and hosted by me, Adam Fisher, with audio recording and editing by Brian Barcello. Thank you for listening.